0: and discussions if you're easily offended do not continue we would be honored if you would join us
1: how are you feeling your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed recovery is total I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal you beings.
0: I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the back to tank. I almost didn't start the show on time. I was too busy playing with the Kylo Ren bobblehead (laughs) on my console. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the show. I am Michael Flores, the host of From the Back to Tank. And I'm in the back to waters in the nice healing
1: back to waters with... My co-pilot, David Sabal. Hello, David. How's it going? The the water has been, you know, changed out for the week. Yeah, good. It's clean.
0: It's clean. Start of the week, we we don't have to worry about germs. But by <laughs> Friday,
1: we're all going to die of some... <laughs> There's something in there. The back to water has turned a little tinge of yeah. brown. Okay. <laughs> all right. A little
0: TMI there. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. We're no longer going to get into some personal stuff at the top of the show. We'll do it at the end. <laughs> We'll talk about floaties and all that stuff at the end of the show, Dave, okay? You
1: don't agree with that? You're like, I'm going to remain silent. <laughs> this is a silent protest. Gonna, it's a silent protest because I know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, if you want to get live notifications whenever a live Star Wars show, I should say, let me let me start that over. If you want to have a push notification sent to you via your mobile device, Whenever a live Star Wars show happens, text RMD69250597 and you will receive push notifications. So, today, Dave, you and I are going to be talking about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple. Now, it's an upcoming canon comic book miniseries published by Marvel Comics. The series is written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Paolo Vianelli. And it is, Dave. It is a prequel to the upcoming Respawn Entertainment video game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That alone almost made me run from this
1: (laughs) series. Because we all know what happens when you try to do comics and stories that lead up to another medium. It just, in this era, it
0: has not gone incredibly well at times. There has been a few... A few tie-in projects that have worked very well. Of all of them, we ended up really digging the uh, Phasma, the Phasma series for Journey to the Last Jedi. Yes. But other than that, we haven't been really big fans of the tie-in marketing gimmicks for an upcoming movie or project. And, yes, I'm looking forward to the video
1: game itself, Star Wars Fallen Order. Oh, yeah, absolutely because especially with that last the the trailer that they released at the past uh video game conventions and as well as D23 23 and
0: uh, Star Wars Celebration
1: There's, i'm really excited about this one there is reason
0: to celebrate it looks great the gameplay looks fantastic they have released about 10 minutes of footage online of gameplay footage so they're not they're not afraid dave sometimes when video game publishers just release like the the cinema sequences and they show no gameplay you're like oh so you have some pretty snazzy cinema sequences, but where's the gameplay because ultimately that's how a game and its I guess playability if it's worth the investment that's how it's determined by the the actual gameplay and I've watched the 10 minutes of gameplay all the way through. It looks fantastic. So I'm very excited about the video game. But that doesn't mean that the tie in prequel comic will be any good. So I was a little hesitant. Uh, but let's get into this and by the end of the show we will share our complete thoughts on the first issue. The synapsis, a Star Wars Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple was announced on starwars.com on June 11th, 2019 as a prequel comic telling the backstory of characters from the Respawn Entertainment video game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The writer Matthew Rosenberg has described it as being a part of a truly epic Star Wars story. That's nice. Yes, that was being told in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and expressed his excitement at being able to introduce introduce audiences reading is hard today dave i'm struggling (laughs) give me a second here he says that he has expressed his excitement at being able to introduce audiences to characters from the game and explore how they become the characters that gamers will meet in star wars jedi fallen order that also makes me feel a little bit better about this and more excited because it's not just them connecting like an idea Or, hey, guys, there's this one Jedi that was seen in one of the levels that you get to play. No, they're using characters that you're going to meet within this big epic story that Respawn Entertainment has worked on over the past two, three years.
1: And that's the key is like the focus on that word story. We're going to get a story about Star Wars for a change. What? You know, it's not going to be, hi, hey, do you know Poe Dameron? He's here just randomly. Yeah. It's not going to be like that. They yeah. the, they really are. Well, let's just compare. focusing on that. Focusing on trying to create a narrative. Yeah. Well, the a better
0: contrast or comparison, I should say, would be the Battlefront. Battlefront Two, the yeah. campaign mode, um, or not campaign mode, uh, the story mode. Right. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Good concept. The story looked like it was going in a pretty fantastic direction, and for the opening, I don't know, maybe. Two hours, three hours of gameplay. It was great. And then everything becomes very superficial. And they just barely scrape the surface of a story that I felt like was much bigger below the surface. But they yes. didn't really want to take us there for obvious reasons. You know, they don't know what they have planned at that time. They could have a movie planned, comic book, a book series. And maybe they were just trying to hold back. Maybe even episode nine will get into it. Who knows? But there's reasons. But the fact that they are going back in time. Is something that will also, I think, will put a lot of fans at ease because this is a time that's been heavily explored for the most part. However, with the introduction of various new characters that was created by Dave Filoni and Star Wars Rebels, the Inquisitors, uh, there's an area that we can explore now within the darker side of Star Wars as well. And when they're woving that in, the fact that they're weaving that into the video game as well as the comic book, suddenly we look back, we can step back and say, okay, It looks like they have a solid plan here and because it's taking place in the past, there's more wiggle room. There's more wiggle room because you don't run the risk of possibly stepping on the toes of creators that are trying to also create the future of Star Wars because that's just what's going to happen when you're dealing with anything that takes place after Return of the Jedi. Let's just be honest.
1: Yeah, and that is a very good valid point. Yeah, because like. Let's just face it. Their track record has not been
0: positive. <laughs> Who? Which ones? Every, uh, I mean.
1: A video game publishing company? Electronic Arts or? Electronic Arts. Well, I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they're toxic. They're toxic. Yeah. And we all know that some people within Electronic Arts are trying to change that. Well,
0: Respawn is a sister
1: company. Yes.
0: And we saw that at Star Wars Celebration. We, You and I started laughing because we covered every single day. Of Star Wars Celebration and we started laughing when the first thing Respawn did or stated as they walked out was no purchases yeah no microtransactions, no microtransactions. story that was <laughs> the first things they said within the opening I don't know two to three minutes of being on stage because they knew exactly how a lot of the Star Wars fans felt uh, with the releases of Battlefront and Battlefront 2 it was more of a hey how much money you're going to give us after you already spend eighty, ninety dollars on a video game? that's not enough. We also want you know microtransactions that can go up to you know three, four, five hundred dollars sometimes. I mean, let's be honest those people, there's people out there that are willing to spend two or three thousand oh, in, yeah. in dollars in a sitting in a sitting. so unfortunately, from the video game side, Electronic Arts has sacrificed story for things that would nudge. <laughs> video game players to purchase more while playing a game oh yeah and that doesn't seem like the case with this game everything we keep hearing uh, even with this tie-in media now which we didn't have a whole lot of that leading into battlefront we had a few um i it was a infernal squad stuff here and there but yes. after that it was done it was done this seems to be deeply woven within already established stuff stuff that filoni
1: had brought to the forefront as well in Rebels. So Well, well it, it shows that basically, remember when it first got announced, e, it was at the EA press conference, and all yeah. EA did for Respawn was, oh, yeah, here's the producer of the upcoming Star Wars game. Everyone give him a hand. And he's sitting... In the audience. <laughs> and then they ran away. And then they ran away. EA ran away. They're like, oh, God, get us out of here. <laughs> and then no like, blasters. No blasters. And it was funny because it really, it, it number one, it really shocked a lot of people saying, well, wait a minute. Why are you doing that to, to – your own branch that's basically in charge of a huge franchise. Yeah. And then when re when it's response time, they basically say, you know, what? we're not doing anything wh- of that. EA does. <laughs> we're not going to do the microtransactions. We're going to separate ourselves from that as fast as possible,
0: which is funny because they're a sister company of EA. They're basically yeah. EA. They're, they're basically owned, EA. They're owned by the same entity. But, you know, hey, Electronic Arts was willing to fall on their sword. They know they failed. They know they failed. So they're going to be like, hey, you know what? Let's just publicly take the fall, even though we're the same company. We're going to play along. This is WWE type stuff. Go ahead and throw a chair at me. I'll pretend I'm hurt. And we'll run away.
1: And then we'll run away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So now that we have a bit of the, the table set and some background on this project, let's get into the comic book itself. Uh, Dark Temple follows two new characters, the Jedi Master Eno Cordova and his impulsive Padawan Serre Dunda on their most dangerous mission yet. I probably didn't pronounce those names correctly, but it's okay because they're made up.
1: Yes. (laughs) They're not real names. Real names.
0: I will apologize once the video game comes out and they tell us how to pronounce these names correctly. So the Jedi Council has sent them to the remote planet of Antotho to oversee the peaceful evacuation of a mysterious temple that has been uncovered. But they find that what surrounds the temple may be even more dangerous than the mysteries within it. That's the the plot, if you will. That's the setup for the at least the first issue. Uh, the biggest reason, though, I was intrigued, Dave, with this. And in my opinion, the single biggest win of the first issue is that, number one, yes, it's a video game. Okay, let me put that aside for a second because I want to go back to the video game side. Because of the inclusion within the comic book and the video game, that's a better way of saying it, of the Inquisitors, the inclusion of the Inquisitors. Talking is hard today as well, Dave. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me ta- let me start over. The biggest reason I was intrigued by the series and the video game is because of the inclusion of the Inquisitors. There we go. I did it. There you go. The second sister, to be exact. And there is so much mystery surrounding these characters. I find them very fascinating because they are not Sith. But a group of force wielders that tap into the dark side. There is so much story there just waiting to be told.
1: And the only answer apparently to Vader. That's what's interesting too. Well, the I know. I, I don't know. Is that,
0: has that been established? Because I believe they also, yes, they report directly to Vader. They're his soldiers. But um, I think by default, they also are under the Emperor as well.
1: I think they're uh, obvi- uh honestly, uh, I've always been curious about this relationship because it's kind of like, well, we all know that in the comics, the Emperor has his own people that he, he trains, you know, the people that he plans to, uh, replace Darth Vader with. Right. And, and it, and when they came up with the idea of the Inquisitors, I always felt, especially in their, uh, first appearance in Rebels, mm-hmm. it sounded like, the Inquisitors are only answer to Vader because I, the, Vader calls them in. I
0: think they're underlings. Why would the Emperor spend even a second with them? But they, it, this isn't the Star Wars: The Force Unleashed scenario. He isn't yes. tootling people. No, he's underneath secrecy behind the Emperor's back. The Emperor is very well aware of the Inquisitors. They work for the Empire. They're they have Imperial. You know um, patches on their uniforms; they're very much a part of the empire, but they are not Sith, and they don't necessarily work for the Emperor. So yeah. you, you are correct, but I also don't want to confuse people into thinking that this is one of those secret things again that Vader has done throughout even the '90s canon that has now been retcon. This is something that's done within the up and up. Yeah, Vader was charged. With hunting down the Jedi, Vader created a special unit to assist in that mission. And that's the Inquisitors. And that's a bit of information I think we needed to share because there may be people out there that listen to our shows, Dave, that might not have watched Star Wars Rebels. And the first thing I say is shame on you for not watching Star Wars Rebels. Absolutely, yes. Go back and watch Star Wars Rebels. You need to. But the Inquisitors are an interesting group of characters that I feel like we barely scraped the surface. Uh, We barely tapped into that tip of the iceberg. There's so much story that we could have gone into. And I know Filoni had said in interviews that he had to bring them to an end sooner than he had wanted. But there was no room for error, Mm -hmm. meaning this is a time period that is so tight now with story. You have the, the movie, the events of New Hope. You have the events of Rogue One. And then you have the events of Rebels that, go, that butts right up against those. And you introduce a group of Force ability characters that wield the dark side that work under Vader and the Empire. And you throw them in a time where we know in just a sh- few short years, there are no other Jedi. None. Vader's the last of his religion. Yes. As said by Tarkin so we know that they can't exist past even say Rogue One so that's why Filoni was kind of at you know at a crossroads what do I do I introduce these characters we decide to take a big leap in chronology we leaped forward in the timeline and we got even closer to the whole new hope era so you know he said he had no choice but to find a way to end these characters and by doing so they have been a complete mystery.
1: Yes. And like it's one of those really cool things the concept of it a enforcer type unit that only deals with Darth Vader's needs, meaning anything dealing with the Jedi, anything dealing with the Force. Yeah. Vader sends these people out. He doesn't send out, you know, like the atypical stormtrooper or imperial trooper. No. He said, if you're going after something that deals with the force, you have to send out someone who is adept in the force, his type of force, which is the dark side. So send out his own inquisitors. Yeah. And it just goes into that area, Dave,
0: that you and I keep wanting to learn about. And I feel like it was a direction, a very, it was a very definitive direction. Star Wars was going in with the introduction of Kylo Ren and Snoke and Force Awakens, the idea that. They were. I feel, in my opinion, and if you go back and listen to our shows from two, three years ago, it's our thoughts are very much out there about this. They were. I feel like JJ was on a mission, and and Lucasfilm were on a mission to create a clear distinction between Sith and just a Dark Side user. User. Yeah, there is a difference. There always has been a difference, and that's why Kylo Ren. Isn't a Sith. That's why Snoke wasn't a Sith. And now we have the introduction of the Inquisitors right around the exact same time that Force Awakens had premiered. Now you have the Inquisitors who are not Sith. And because of that, because this is a something that doesn't necessarily fit into the norm. And what I mean by norm is, yes, we we've seen a lot of these types of things in the expanded universe in years past. But all that's been retconned, all of it. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't have anything that we can use as a source of um, information to understand the hierarchy of how all of this plays out now. And that's why the Inquisitors are so fucking intriguing because they are one of the biggest question marks right now and, and how, what they represent for Star Wars. How does this all play out now? What's the difference between Sith Lords and just regular Dark Side wielders? Mm-hmm. Show us. And I'm hoping that this video game as well as this comic book delve into that we need to i know after playing a minor role in marvel's uh, darth vader series i believe the sith lord series the second run uh the second sister was in one of those issues she made a, just a very brief appearance but since then we've never seen her no we, we haven't, haven't seen her at all we didn't even see her in rebels she was mentioned but she was never even seen in rebels we've
1: we only saw four inquisitors and I believe there's seven. Yeah, because there's the second sister, there's the Grand Inquisitor, who's the, the boss. The boss. Yeah. Then you have I think it's the seventh brother, and then the third brother who was like did the helicopter flying away thing. I think we saw the fifth,
0: the sixth, the seventh, yep. and the eighth. I believe that's what we saw. And
1: and the amazing thing about that, that still leaves so much space to bring in new There's ten of them actually. Sorry. And again, it leaves that open for more inquisitors. And I'm like going, it's that concept. It, it's amazing that the concept of the inquisitors runs so close and parallel to the Knights of Ren. That I'm like going, okay, we know that Kylo was obsessed with his grandfather, right. Darth Vader. So it makes sense that Kylo Ren would make his own inquisitors. Well, do you remember the- and it's the Knights of Ren. If you remember, there were rumors,
0: uh, I want to say two years ago, that the Inquisitors, the surviving Inquisitors might have been the The Knights Knights of Ren. Ren. Yeah. That was a big rumor going on. That was a
1: big, big rumor to try to explain where they are.
0: So it would seem that in this comic book, because she's introduced early on, the second sister is the antagonist, the main antagonist of this series. And as I said... She has only been seen once in Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, number 19, Fortress Vader, part one. Uh, And now she has made an appearance in Jedi Fallen Order, Dark Temple, issue number one, of course, and then the upcoming video game. So she's completely new, completely new, Dave. So bringing it back to the immediate issue here in the story for Dark Temple, Matthew Rosenberg did a really good job piquing the reader's interest. He laid out the introduction in such a tidy way that it does draw you in, yes. especially with the opening teaser with the second sister landing on on Thotho on I'll get that right. Eventually, as eventually well. on Tatho, which is a new planet. So again, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it. Uh, taking command of the troopers, which was actually kind of fun. You saw her land at Antatho. She took command of the troopers. There's a war going on. You don't really know who the stormtroopers are fighting against, uh, but you get the sense that the Jedi are already a distant memory at this point mm-hmm. because there's a rumor that someone saw a lightsaber, and that is why the second sister had arrived. Exactly. And I guess we can assume that this is right around the the Rebels era Possibly four to six years before the events of New Hope. But once the teaser concludes, we are taken all the way back to before the fall of the Jedi. And this is where we meet our two Jedi heroes, uh, Cordova, the Jedi Master, and then the Padawan, Junda. And I'll be completely honest here, Dave. I'm not entirely interested in either of them yet not I f- yet. I feel like and tell me if you feel the same or if you feel like I'm completely wrong. But I feel like they are two characters we've seen far too much of. The typical Jedi Padawan relationship. One's very wise and patient and the other is brash and impatient. I feel like we've been there done that. We've seen that type of relationship between Jedi and Padawan so many times. In fact, let me even take it up a notch. We've seen it in its most important form through Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker. So why do I care about that same type of relationship in two lesser characters that in the grand scheme of things will never matter as much as Obi-Wan and
1: Anakin? I think that basically here's the funny part with I was the same way the first time I read this. But then when I got to the very end, I realized I appreciate the fact that they actually introduced us to these two new Jedis instead of just throwing in some Jedis that we already know. Because it would harp on what we we said at the beginning of the show where it's like they just want to throw this person in this cameo role just because everyone knows them. By doing two characters that are brand new, we don't know anything about of – at the end of the day, I focused more on what was the story that's being told behind them, which is the difference between the two mentalities. Right. That's the thing is like, I like your thought. It's about- not, it's not about the characters. It's about the okay. concept that's, okay. that's being presented where it's like, this is the old way, you know, the Yodo way, the wise way, the never, don't be too impetuous mm-hmm. versus the younger generation and. Saying, no, we're going to rush in. We're going to save the day. We got to do this because we have the power to do it. And you focus more on that instead of saying, oh, it's just like what you said, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. Uh, Okay.
0: The way you framed it, 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 I agree. I can't disagree with that. I feel like it's – and that's kind of what I – that's kind of the same conclusion I came to by the end of the issue – uh, it doesn't really matter if I'm completely sold on these characters mm-hmm. because it's more about the story. Exactly. It's more about the story and what it means, what these two characters mean. And
1: it really, really does. As funny as it sounds, I had low expectations for this comic, but then afterwards, the fact that they stuck to their guns and literally said, no, with fallen fallen order, we are trying to tell a well thought out cohesive narrative, a
0: story. Well, just w- with this first issue and what we know, of the video game, it seems like is a very large, robust concept.
1: Yeah. Because we didn't even get, I mean, the main character normally in like tie in medias, they do like tie in medias focusing on the main character of the video game. Yeah. They didn't even focus. He's not even mentioned, <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> which I like, because this will be just kind of like a way to lay the groundwork for a much bigger story. I am I am enjoying the story so far in issue number one. I didn't expect to like it. So I don't want anyone thinking, Dave, that I didn't enjoy it. I'm just saying that the relationship between Cordova and Junda aren't, isn't that inspiring. I don't feel like it's anything fresh and new. Uh, now, as individuals, as they separate, as their paths verge in different directions, then... Possibly it'll make for some interesting, unique stories, Um, but their opening journey, going right back to kind of what you said and your thoughts on on Cordova and Junda, their opening journey and its implications in the opening issue is is what's most important. And it's actually very good. Uh, We get the idea that Rosenberg is using some deep lore here nothing we've necessarily seen before but possibly this will be one of those stories that relies heavily on the mythos of the force this is something that we have been harping on dave since we we say this every show it seems like lately where is the deep lore of star wars yes. where are where's the mist where where are the stories that delve into the mysticism of the Force, the religion of the Jedi, the religion of the Sith. I mean, Faloni took us there in Rebels uh, with the Bindu and their belief structure and uh, the the wolves. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, he took us there. Oh, a very spiritual story that felt like Lucas's original pitch of the Force. And I'm hoping Rosenborg, Rosenborg, Borg. Rosenberg is... Taking some of those vibes from Filoni and running with it, because the planet that they landed on 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 Totho, is a very interesting part of the story it is there's a moment in the issue, and this might be a spoiler, so plug your ears for a second if you don't want to hear it, but there's a moment where the two Jedi, Cordova and Junda, when they land. They feel like the planet is void of the force because they can't sense anything, which would make any Jedi scared. When you think about it, that's no different than probably one of us losing a limb. I, you feel handicapped, but they find out as they investigate, it's not that the planet is void of the force, the planet and this specific area they were traveling to, is filled with so much force that it prevents them from using their Jedi skills because it's too, think of it as too much noise. Yeah. It's too much noise. And because there's so much noise, they
1: can actually create a distinction between any of it. Yeah. They can't I, focus on anything because there's, it'd be like being in a, in a, in a locked in a room where they're constantly have like white noise just blaring right you wouldn't be able to hear hear anyone everyone's
0: voices are you know meshing together i mean you can even use the analogy you know a red a room filled with red balloons Uh, let's say someone put a little tiny black mark on one of those red balloons and then you have to turn your back and they release like a thousand balloons in one room you wouldn't be able to actually pinpoint where it is it's just too much it's too much So it's actually a really cool concept. And that's how the issue ended. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm like. Rosenberg you son of a bitch. You know. Like you made sure you ended your issue. With a true cliffhanger. That was not just you know. Obviously a cliffhanger in the story sense. But a cliffhanger in the sense that. You introduced a really cool. Concept pertaining to. The force. And then you ended your first issue. So
1: overall. Dave, give me your final thoughts. Final thoughts of this issue. I actually was really surprised with this issue. I, I, whenever I go into tie, uh, in media of this sort, I have zero expectation. Yeah. Because that's just what happens with tie in media. It just gets m- muddled with the focus of, oh, we got to focus on the bigger project. That's right behind it. You know, you, you got to set up the, the main course, so to speak. And all, all the in media is, is just an appetizer. That's it. This, however, I like appetizers. Yeah. This, however, was a good appetizer. It's actually, a it was really, an awesome blossom. It's an awesome blossom. And, <laughs> and like, I like where this tie in media is going because it's focusing more on concepts and stories than just introducing us to characters that we will run into the game just because. Right, like I enjoyed seeing the second sister, and we all know that she run, uh, we meet her in the video game, and that's yeah, cool, yeah, getting that teaser was great, but then, right after that, saying, "Okay, you got the teaser, but here's the starting point of a bigger story that's being told, and it it introduced elements that had me going at the very end, huh, okay, where are they going with this? They introduced the whole concept of okay, it's a younger generation versus older generation it's It's the tail end of the Jedi council, how they've questioning their motives, which we all know in all of the comic books, that is something that the story group for all of Marvel has been trying to harp on question the Jedi council. This one though was a little different. They don't, they don't just say, Oh, the Jedi council was wrong. No, they framed it as in, it's a different way of thinking their generation thinks different than the new generation that's coming in where they feel I have the power to fix it, to save everything. Why don't I use it? That's a new way of thinking. And overall, I'm actually hyped to see what, uh, issue two has. I want to know what they're okay. What is this mission that they were on? Because now the question for me is how does this tie into the video game then? And yeah. then when I found, when I realized that after everything, when I actually took a step back and actually looked at this comic, I said, okay, Rosenberg, you did a good job. You made me want to ask, why do I want to read this, and why is it tied to the video game?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together, but listen, the first issue, in my opinion, is a success. If you are able to Pull in the reader, like he did within the opening pages, and then pique our interest at the end so that we want to continue. Then obviously you're paying attention to the aspects of story structure that's needed when you're writing this type of series. Yes, and because this issue I felt like was a great start. I mean, it isn't you know a plus plus work by no, any means. No, no, no. But there is attention to detail, and the that's what I was looking were done for. Done very well. Yeah, It's it, fundamentals. It's a good start mm-hmm. and it definitely made me interested in in the overall story and care about a couple of characters that, you know, in my opinion, are are very stock, very stock characters but the story around them, the story that they find themselves in or I should say the story that Rosenberg put them in uh, is interesting and of course using anything that they, Filoni, created I mean, the Second sister is awesome. The concept of the Inquisitors is truly fantastic and probably some of the best new pieces of Star Wars lore since Disney purchased Lucasfilm in 2012. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And, you know, Filoni being an anime fan, there's a lot of nods. These characters, the, 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 the brothers, the Inquisitors to Ninja Scroll. And other ninja animes. So the fact that you're even pulling from another piece of pop culture that I love, it makes me that much more excited that they're including those elements into this series. And, of course, in
1: the video game. Mm -hmm. In comparison, I mean, say, for example, like the the tie-in media for The Road to Last Jedi, right? remember in past shows we talked about it and at the end of the one issue we were like going okay you explain what they were doing in between this movie but it means nothing yeah oh thank you for
0: explaining why the planet tasted like salt or it's a mineral planet it's a mineral planet (laughs) oh thank you
1: thank you for explaining what rose and finn and poe were talking about on the millennium falcon yeah, and it means nothing. <laughs> it doesn't David, nothing don't do. get so loud over there. Oh, but like, so like <laughs> with this, th- it's different. They're handling it different than any time media I've seen, where it's like, no, we're f- we're truly focusing on a narrative, a sep- a separate story that will enhance, hopefully, yeah, your experience with the video game. I think
0: the. The choice wording here Dave is that it doesn't feel gimmicky it doesn't feel like they're just trying to earn a quick buck off the Star Wars name and a Star Wars property and just using this comic book which is the case with some of these journey to or the tie-in projects they feel like a billboard Mm -hmm. essentially just a billboard and this does not feel that way so I'm looking forward to the next issue we'll possibly cover either on a regular show or a patreon discussion David, we should remind people that we are now a five-day-a-week broadcast, at least for the month of September. Uh, this is a beta test. If we do well, then we'll continue to push out five shows a week. We do three shows for free, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday are our exclusive Patreon discussions. So if you want those additional shows, head over to patreon.com slash Digital and Pledge, $5 or more a month, and that will allow you to gain access to those shows. And please consider doing it. I know there's a lot of streaming services nowadays, Dave, but um it helps us and we definitely put a lot of work into our shows both from the live video side and uh show prep, show planning. A lot of the equipment that I'm sure people can see behind me, if you're watching the video, is very expensive. <laughs> uh, the AC alone is ridiculous. Uh, we live in Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> the studio's right smack in the middle of Tempe Valley, and it's like 113 degrees. The devil's so taint. If we keep doing these, we definitely need help to stay alive. And the five dollars a month is a great way for you to get more content and to help us keep pushing through these shows. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, David.
1: Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes.